1: my intention for even wanting to share something that is so vulnerable so deep that it becomes fulfilling when you dare to be vulnerable you kind of have to be vulnerable in life to experience the richness because you can't just say you know I'm gonna close off from like shame and guilt Uh, but then at the same time you also close off from like joy and fulfillment but to really say it out loud into the world oh that's like you know, I would think of ayahuasca as the same, right? They would let people suffer, <laughs> drink the thing, go like into your demons, learn the lesson, and then be like, welcome, we love you. Mm-hmm. Like, after you have dig into yourself and you've looked at your biggest demons and you're still okay, mm-hmm. that was huge.
2: Selfless love.
1: Selfless love.
2: It's a wonderful chaos. Yeah.
1: And
0: glorious, solo or tandem.
1: We work to find rest, we fight to find
0: peace. Both head and the heart. like and What are
2: we doing here? You mean listening to this show? Where well, the
0: more that you learn is the less that you know. Where the wounded are healed.
2: And the atheist pray?
0: It's a wonderful
1: chaos and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos and we like it
0: that way.
2: What I've discovered today on my cup, I, I didn't realize that it says it's time to embrace the chaos.
0: It's time to embrace the chaos. It's
2: time to embrace the uh, chaos, Bambos. So today, I am exhausted. You are exhausted. I didn't sleep the whole night, the whole night, Andy. And then uh, my, and then I got up at five and I gave up. I was, bre- I was breathing in bed, very, and I didn't want to come here today. Yeah. And not only did I come here, guys. I ran here with a weight vest just, <laughs> just be, like you just because just because uh, to up the ramp today we gonna, have farah ludvika you weren't gonna let
0: farah ludvika be alone with me for the for the hour that would be too much no and no. and
2: i promised i would be here yes farah ludvika is a dear friend of mine she's an a, an amazing hypnotherapist based in the netherlands i trust her with my life and she also does a beautiful thing called hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. hypno where during the meditation, she also hypnotizes and, and gives intentions. Mm-hmm. And, and when you come out of it, you're quite expansive. And she's leading a daily group. And what I've seen, the feedback has been really good. And I also have tried it. Mm. And-, and we're going to talk to her about cheating. Cheating. Specifically cheating on partners. So have you ever cheated in your life? No. I, it, I'm not not talking with a partner but in general cheating in an exam or a test. Yes, I did. I cheated yeah. on an exam.
0: How was that for you? I was in high school <clears throat> and I had like um I had somebody in the grade before me gave me all the answers to the test. And it, it was really funny because I did had Did you fail? No, it was good, but ex- there was one there was one answer that was wrong in the 30 that was given. And everybody got the same answer wrong. So the teacher knew that we had to we had to have had cheated. So the next day, he asked all the students who got that one answer wrong to do the test over again. Smart. The person in front of me, the person behind me, and somehow he skipped me. <laughs> Do you it, know what I call that? What's that? White privilege. <laughs> it could be, except they were all white. But the point was that I had known the rule one answer that was incorrect. So if I t- retaken the exam, I would have gotten a better score the second time. Nice. I really didn't know the an- need the answers, but you know how it works sometimes. You? How about you and cheating? Oh,
2: no, a lot.
0: <laughs> Let me count uh, the oh, ways. Oh,
2: oh, no not on women, but uh, no. in uh, exams. Like oh, okay. And I and I failed. Yeah, yeah. I was a. I failed at cheating. When you called me and said that Fair
0: was going to have this topic, I thought, what the fuck? That's what <laughs> I thought. Like, you know, like, like, it's the kind of topic I always want on the show, but I'm always thinking to myself, who the hell is going to allow themselves that level of vulnerability to say the thing that a lot of people have mm-hmm. experienced in them in their lives? Yeah. And, and like, who's <clears throat> going to allow that?
2: I have. I don't even remember how it transpired. I think we had a photo shoot, okay. and after the shoot, we talked, and then this happened. But I, I don't remember how, what mm. the conversation was about. But then, a week ago, we we sent her the email, right? That hey, the show is going to be in a week's time. Mm. Here's the links, and then I created the show title. And people that come on the show,
0: sometimes they don't <laughs> even know what the title of the show is before they show up. Yeah. Right. So, I think Farah got that and was like, oh my God, this is real. It's like it was a concept, but now it's a real
2: thing, right? So, she messages and she says, Bambos, I want to talk to you. Uh I think we should change the title of the show. Now that I see it, I'm very triggered. Uh And I was like, wow, I I didn't see that coming. And then, of course, I get it. And then she messaged again. She says, I'm actually really okay with it. Yeah. She said that she, I think she shared it in a group. And somehow, even with the sharing, it was um, a way for her to find peace about talking about it. Yeah. The one thing I find about,
0: we'll talk about her before, but people like Farah, when, they, when they're owning this experience, it's an experience that so many of us have had in different shapes and forms. So that in a way, she's holding space for everybody listening who isn't comfortable in that space in themselves
2: yet. Yeah. potentially still judge themselves or haven't found peace with it.
0: Yeah. And that's the and and I don't know, one of the one of the highlights of I don't think it was it yesterday's show or maybe the day no, it was two days ago, the from lawyer to burlesque with Laura Cheadle. Um it was really a a precursor to today's show because when Laura spoke in that show about the betrayal of her husband for, I don't know, 20 years or some crazy number with five different women. Yeah. That when she said um, that my husband was sabotaging his life because he just couldn't trust that he, that he was that I wasn't going to leave him and that, that his life was too good and he didn't, didn't, he didn't feel comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Sort of my stomach really, really dropped listening mm-hmm. to her to share that story. I could hear mm-hmm. that even in myself. So, even if the theme isn't real, the feeling of, you know, my life, mom being killed after mom was killed. I don't know if I told you I adopted another mom and she died of cancer a few years later. So I really in my life kind of got to a place where I said, I, I, I'm i not, I'm going to almost sabotage my life because I don't even feel like better me sabotage it than somebody outside. That's been often the
2: feeling that the undercurrent. I think you used the word betrayal a few days ago. Like uh-huh. Once someone is betrayed, it's very difficult to... Um, I don't want to say forgive, yeah, but to find peace with with uh, the actual act, yeah. yeah, yeah, beautiful.
0: Well, with that, I think it's great to bring Farah on because she is the show. We could talk about the subject for the whole hour and say, well, let's bring Farah on after. Hello, hey. I have so I the first thing I said to you when I saw you right before we came on is, why the hell would you put yourself through this? <sighs>
1: yeah. You know, first of all, for those of you that don't know me, um, my name is Farah and my intention for even wanting to share something that is so vulnerable, so deep is because, you know, um, one of the things in life is that it becomes fulfilling when you dare to be vulnerable. It's that that first moment that you dare to say, I love you to someone or to hold someone's hand when, you know, things are still in the beginning zone, or, Mm. you know, to wait for the doctor to tell you the diagnosis. These are all moments that define us, you know? And I think one of the nice things is, one of the inevitable things is to be vulnerable. You kind of have to be vulnerable in life to have, uh, to experience the richness, because you can't just say, Oh, you know, I'm going to close off from like shame and guilt. Uh, But then at the same time, you also close off from like joy and fulfillment. So Mm. in a way, I'm actually doing this not, you know, first of all, to inspire people to kind of become more vulnerable with themselves in their lives. Because this is, you know, we'll talk about this, but this is how I transformed that pattern. But second of all, because I truly believe that if I'm being vulnerable with this to even unknown people, um, you know, the people in the comments, for example, then um, I kind of feel like I stepped over this barrier that was all, always just in my mind. And to kind of be confronted with that means that I will be stronger in all other areas of my life. Because if I can truly accept this, and I've accepted it in my own self, but to really say it out loud into the world, oh, that's like a thing for me. And I guess I've always been the person to step out of my comfort zone. It's what I've been doing since I was little. You know, theater, acts, this and that. I even did rap, guys. I did rap. Mm -hmm. I actually have a single... (laughs) (laughs) and i swear it's really bad it's like horrible but i did it you know um because i always thought you know to get out there and to experience something i will find out what that thing is that i'm made for so you know with that being said i'm here now ready for it let's dive deep
0: you know when you you got the title you went to the group to consult with them and to share it How did that work? So how did you see, what did you need to go through to make peace with that in this to come here now?
1: Yeah, so every part of me didn't want to do this show because Mm. um, I didn't want (laughs) to kind of have to go through um, remembering all the shame I had, but this can be like a real test um, in a way. So I, I just said it. I said to them, you know, I have had relationships before and I've cheated in them. And I'm not proud of it, but that's what I did. And I can understand my behavior now and I can totally see where it came from. Um And at that time, I didn't feel understood. I didn't feel like I could share this with anyone because I would think that I would only get judged for it because it's usually something like, oh, always the cheater is the wrong one. Oh, they cheated? They're the wrong one. But it's never that we kind of look with compassion at that person. We say, well, what caused them to cheat? What is it in their lives or in themselves that Mm. hurts so much that they can't actually uh, create or or Mm. facilitate that safety within them? And when I actually shared about it, I saw that I survived and that I could still breathe and that I could still live. Mm. And these people were like, Whoa, thanks for sharing. And I was like, whoa, I'm ready. So the next thing you know, I called Bambus. So I'm like, yo, never mind about the cancellation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm stoked. You know, I also did some inner work where I, you know maybe we can talk about that later, but I, I use this thing, my unconscious signals all the time for almost everything. Um, and I also checked in with myself if it was in an, on an unconscious level, if it was still okay, if I could share this thing. Mm. So I got a confirmation and, um, that's why I can talk about it now. <laughs>
0: Wow. And, and just by you being here, I just want to at least already go through some of the people who've already, you know, Edith says, I've cheated in my past relationships, made me think I may be polyamory and all yeah. along from South Africa shares. I've cheated on women before as well. So th- I, what you see immediately is how beautiful it is that people, when someone stands up and shares their story,
2: others will meet them there, which I think is really, really beautiful. Mm. Yeah. yeah, what I've experienced uh, uh, in my dating life mm. is that I meet a lot of women who have been cheating on to the point where they don't trust men. Mm. So mm. I kind of like that now. We're meeting the other side of it, and we also get to <laughs> explore. I mean, you you might say that men think with their penises, but uh, as we mentioned two days ago on the podcast, the guy that was cheating on his wife was actually insecure Mm. that it was too good to be true Mm. that he started to sabotage it himself and then when he was caught she remained loving Mm. Mm. which so can you share a little bit um a little bit around the event how it transpired what was going on for you
1: yeah so um what i think really happened was whenever somebody would flirt with me it would be over text or, you know, I would see someone and um I would see them in their vulnerable space. You know, it's very vulnerable to actually put yourself out there and then say, I like you, or let's go on Valentine's date, or, you know, you have pretty eyes or whatever. And so I didn't have, I never wanted to hurt somebody in that vulnerable space. You know, I was always the type of person that thought, you know, if I would ever be proposed to, but I actually wanna say no. And let's say it's like in a huge crowd of all these people. I will just say yes to them half an hour later when we are alone, say no to that person because Mm -hmm. I wanna save them the embarrassment and the humiliation of all those people seeing how they get rejected. Um, So it's actually a weird thing. And this is why I could never talk about it, but me cheating was actually me trying to be nice I was saving somebody the heartbreak I was saving somebody the the shame or the humiliation I was trying to do a good thing by actually you know kind of saying oh thank you well you know let's go out then mm-hmm. but I was in a conflict as well because you know I have a boyfriend or it was like starting to get serious and this happened many times guys it's it's unbelievable since I was 14. I've had boyfriends on and on. I think for the longest time I've been single is two months or three months. So, you know, there've always been one or more guys that kind of were in my space Um, because I didn't want to say no to anyone. I thought that was horrible, <laughs> horrible. Like to say, oh, no, I, I actually aren't, I'm not meeting you in your vulnerable space. And this is Fascinating because to think, you know, Bambus and me have a history of, we go way back as friends when we were helping men picking up women. And I had no trouble putting my boundary there. You know, I was at some of the those people I went to their home, you know, like but nothing happened but that's because they weren't w- vulnerable with me they knew exactly what they were doing they knew exactly the phrases they could say the look they could give you to hook you in and to kind of use that moment and opportunity that was different the people that i i w- was talking to were people that you know had real trouble stepping up to women they were kind of maybe socially awkward or they were shy like i couldn't just be like nah you know i th- I didn't know how to reject them in in a polite way, so it started off as me actually trying to just be nice um and then you know they ask, Do "You wanna go out and then I'll be like, Oh, f- shit, okay, well, well- maybe if I wait a day and don't reply, they'll forget about it, but you know one thing leads to the other and you know, then I start to get feelings for this other person too. Cause I'm like, well, they're not that bad. And now I'm in a dilemma. I'm like, well, I'm already with someone, but how can I tell this person I'm with that now I have mixed feelings. So it started to become a drama where in the beginning, um, they might have not known about me cheating, but at some point everyone knew about everyone and no one knew their place. And I was just being uncertain. So it was an unsafe scenario for everyone involved Mm. because I didn't know what I wanted. They didn't know what they could like expect. Um, And this was huge, like a huge drama. I remember when I was like with one guy and I would hang out with him and we would be in my room and he would leave. And then literally like five minutes later, the other guy would like intersect uh, but they didn 't see each other, so that was my life like every day at that point where I always had to like think of you know not saying um the things I used to say to that person, if I said a portion about oh. my day to this one, oh. I should remember my storyline with one person mm-hmm. and with the other it was like horrible, but it all started from that one starting point i don 't want to hurt anyone. And that created a huge chaos, a wonderful chaos, if you ah. will.
2: <laughs> you <use> because that?
1: <laughs> and and um, it it took a long, long time. And actually, I didn't do it by myself. Um, to get over this pattern, and I can talk about later how how it changed. Um, I'm not cheating anymore. I'm li- really loyal. Um, but that took some steps. I took some mental leaps, uh, took some compassion, <laughs> and I took like a few defining moments for it to change. But for anyone that's listening now, that can recognize, you know, maybe you're not cheating, but maybe you have something else that's kind of destructive, and you can't like help yourself to get away from that pattern. Um, I think it's nice to know that there is a way out, even if you don't see the don't see it yet. I truly believe that anything is possible to be changed. And I also see that, you know, as a as a hypnotherapist, I see that the most illogical, irrational behaviors can change if we look deep within ourselves and we heal the parts that, you know, want to be healed.
2: Fine. So... If I put music to what you were saying, it becomes a motivational speech. Yeah. Yes. I I thought,
0: we don't need to ask any questions. Today. I'm just sitting here like just taking it I, in. I
2: do have a question though. How did you deal when someone would say no to you? Like how, what did the word no mean to you?
1: Um, it meant rejection. It, it's, I mean, I remember this one time that I didn't cheat with one boyfriend. I was Super head over heels in love. Like, I swear he could say poop and I'd be like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> he would, I, he had like some power over me and he definitely cheated o- on me and he broke up with me. Um, I was devastated. I thought I could never get over that. And I thought I will never create that pain in somebody. So I think no meant like, a deep deep rejection
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that's not what i wish on upon anybody
2: mm. yeah i find the word to say actually an actual no with love for yourself and for the other person is, is uh, i see it doesn't come easy to others and yeah it was for me also that it took a long time for me to just say no and yeah. of course there's consequences
1: I mean I appreciate it so much now, but back then, well, if now somebody says no, I can actually trust that person. I can yeah. actually feel safe. I can actually feel home with that person because they're actually honoring their their truth and their nature. So I'm really happy now. I have like way like way different friends now that actually say no, I don't want this, no sleepover, no this, you know, I have like a friend. Just a, a girl that is like, I don't do sleepovers. I'm like, why not? It's fun, girls' night, you know. Like, no, 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 I don't do
2: sleepovers. Uh,
1: and I'm like super happy about the no in that sense. Uh,
2: yeah. Farah, I I, yeah. I know. Um, I'd like to take a few deep breaths because I noticed where we're we're talking about the the healing part of the journey, yeah. and I I'm tuning into, and I might be wrong that. Talking about the the good parts and, and the healing and all that, and, and the celebration actually is re- possibly removing, uh, avoiding going to the actual moment. Yeah, A- and I'd so like let's to. Let's go
1: to the moment.
2: Well, oh, we don't have to, also, but I, I'd like to check in. How are you doing, first of all?
1: I'm doing good. Okay. Can't believe I said everything I said. I'm really happy about it.
2: Nice. So what were the consequences of having two men in the end that you developed feelings for? And how 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 were you living it inside you?
1: Yeah, it it was like an internal conflict. So one part of me wanted to be with that person. The other part of me wanted to be with that person. There was no clarity. It was very foggy. I didn't know what I wanted. Um, I remember being in that a constant phase where I had to hide something. I would have to hide my phone, delete the messages. Um,
2: There's a whole managing of... The
1: whole, mo- whole managing. I thought like, you know, having a business is easier. <laughs> than that
2: and managing you know. a lie They're yeah.
1: managing two lies
2: because you need art. to remember you have yeah. to create another reality oh god yeah.
1: and you know the thing is i thought I in, in one way i thought it was i was very unrelatable because i thought not many people experienced this but then in another way i thought it was very relatable but people are just not talking about it mm. because i wouldn't dare to talk about it I, I was really, like, whenever somebody found out that I cheated, I, it was always the same story. All the friends from that person disappeared out of my life. There's no hanging out with them. There was, there was, like, this big, like, big fat no, big door that was slammed. Yeah. And I was like, well, here I was trying to kind of be nice, but thanks. It was really this, I don't know. Um conflicting, I guess. That's the best it was word. Painful. <laughs> painful. Because I didn't understand myself. I was like, Yeah, and especially when they when they made it seem like I was the bad one, like, oh, how could she cheat? That is so bad. And I was like, mm. Whoa, you don't know um how how vulnerable I'm trying to be here, like kind of saving everyone the embarrassment of rejection. Mm. And you know, the funny thing is, right now, um, I just thought about this today. This year, I got asked by somebody to be their Valentine. And I completely forgot to respond, like completely, I just forgot it. Now, this would never have happened before, because I'd be like, I need to do something with this, you know, yeah. and I just forgot. So I was like, wow, that that is a huge thing, at least for me, you know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> how, how long were you living in that space of?
1: I think five years. Five years. Yeah, with you, different you people. Have,
2: you have to have been an amazing actress.
1: Yeah, it's horrible, right? Like uh, it's. No, it's, I, I
2: don't. I don't want to say that. Uh, I yeah, don't I don't it's know. Horrible. It's like it's, it's weird. It's, it feels uncomfortable <laughs> to me.
1: Yeah, it's it is uncomfortable. It's like super strange.
2: And imagine
0: that crazy. that five years at that duration, <clears throat> it would become your reality, and in a way, that would be how you'd see life as normal. Yeah. Did could you have imagined life afterwards without that stress?
1: No, it's it it's like a liberation right now. Like mm. I don't have anything to hide, or like it's just so peaceful in my mind, in who I am. It's, mm. it's very different. But I didn't think this was possible because I also believe that my pattern was like this form of self punishment, because there was always stress. My nervous system was always under stress, always thinking, what if I get caught? What if they don't understand? Um, what if there will be a drama that will, mm. you know, come up? Um, mm. So I think that moment that I could actually allow myself to relax again and to not have that pattern, make like a whole new world open up. I was like, I don't need to struggle anymore. I don't need to fight. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, <laughs> It's so good.
0: You said a few things that hit me and, and I wrote them down. One of them that uh, I thought was really beautiful, as you said, compassion for the cheater. And yeah. It's interesting, because when you said that, it it dawned on me that there is, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of compassion for the cheater, by the way. Because I always believe that things, there's often systems, people don't cheat for no reason, often, and the question is, do we label them and then make them villains, or do we actually ask what's it that's going on? Like, on some strange level, this might sound really weird to say, but if you're in a loveless marriage, and basically, you're just your whole your whole like heart has been destroyed to cheat. may be the only place that you're getting love in your life and staying in that relationship with the other may just be something that you've accepted in your life that you're going to to support the other, whatever, you know, I don't even want to judge that the person's not giving them what they need. Mm. It's always yeah. a question. What's the arrangement between those two individuals? Of course. But yeah, yeah.
1: But then when we talk about arrangement between individuals, what is that that prevents that one conversation where you actually sit down with your partner and say, hey, I don't feel loved or I don't feel seen, I don't feel heard. Because, you know, most of the time when cheating occurs, it's it's a lack of those vulnerable conversations that, you know, the same thing with like trying to solve the situation with a lawyer, you know, you could sit down and have a real deep, uncomfortable talk, but no, we'll do it with a third party and kind yeah. of solve the whole thing. And then, you know, you have that pointing fingers and stuff. So I think to, to kind of heal cheating or, or make sure that you don't do it, you got to have the uncomfortable conversations first and foremost with yourself. What do I really want? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and the, and the other thing is to create that safe space to be that vulnerable with somebody else. And if you can't be that vulnerable with somebody else, can they actually be your partner? Because mm. you don't feel really seen or heard. So what's, you know, the price of that is that you will always have something that feels off. And I don't know, you know, when I think of people that cheat, I think people that are lacking to be. Courageous enough to be vulnerable. And it's nothing, no, no one to blame because I was the same, but it's more, you know, let's take accountability and see it as it is. And yeah, you know, I think we can actually, you know, even through these conversations that we're having now with, with you guys, like I think we're opening up the space of people looking deeper within themselves mm. and possibly even having a conversation like how cool would it be if Somebody right now, a couple that is watching, actually has a deep, vulnerable conversation after the show because of the show. Mm. Well, that is beautiful.
0: Yeah. I had early in in my relationship with Ronnie, my wife, there was a time when um, we started going out and I wasn't connected to myself and to her. And so, um, she was receiving text messages from other men and, and, and I could see that there was a tension she was getting there that I wasn't giving her. And mm. we, at that time we weren't able to kind of connect around it. And, mm. uh, and then I, I felt in my stomach, it was going in the wrong direction, mm. but I also, uh, you know, I, I talked about it, I discussed it. And then in the end, I sort of let it play out. Um, and then, and then what's, started to happen is that first there was the one man that, you know, was attracted and then the, the, the issue started to arise. And then there was a second man. And then of course I see the pattern emerging. And uh it was really interesting because at some point uh, I, I, uh, I it was one of the, it was the only time that Ronnie and I actually ever have had a real argument in our, in our relationship. And this was, and it was a yelling. Cause I, at that point I discussed it so many times I was, It was like, you know, get out of the house and decide what you want. That was the discussion. And stay at the hotel and we're not going to talk until you figure out what you want. And um, Mm -hmm. it was nice because when we came back together, I didn't blame her for flirting and getting this attention because what I realized very clearly was that I wasn't giving her the attention she needed, which was creating Mm -hmm. that behavior to begin with but it was two-sided. I knew she needed to say no to that and dedicate back to us or end it. And it was a really intense moment for us in the relationship. And what I loved about it was that after it was over, there was no blame or shame because it was like, no, that that, that can't happen. And it wasn't your fault. It was no, there was no blame in it, yeah.
1: That's beautiful.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: and it's good that you kind of made your boundary there because that's that's the recipe for for clarity. Like, if you are have the boundary, no matter how painful, I can imagine it was really hard to do. Like, go go to that hotel and see me later. Like, those moments are defining moments, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons that she is with you because you know you actually say it how it is. Don't turn around it. You say it how it is. And so this is something she can also, I I think, respect in you. It's something I respect in you.
0: Thank you. The thing you just said and I completely resonate with and I say it often is I don't trust a person until they say no. Mm. Because I know if there is no, no, that they don't clearly define what they really want in their lives. It means they're less reliable yeah and uh 100%. and even to the point where i have very good friends and and i haven't gone through a bad situation with them yet and i always laugh and say i really don't know who you are mm. if i haven't experienced you there
1: yeah because you don't yeah that's so that's this is exactly how i think you know mm-hmm. that it's so true how can we know um what somebody truly values if you know their values don't come at play. Like that's that moment that you can actually say, okay, that is my friend. That is someone I support. And I truly believe that once I transformed that uh cheating pattern, I became way more reliable. Like way more, you know, like coming on time at on my appointments, um, like taking my that work seriously. <laughs>
2: that explains it.
1: Yeah. What? Did I always come late? (laughs) No, no, no.
2: No. Just you're one of my few female friends that's on time.
1: Oh, yeah. So.
0: Nice. So, yeah. And you said something else that I wanted to dovetail to this, which you mentioned and you skipped over it. And it was the word defining moments. And and it's interesting because I often look at my life in a more cinematic way. Like, yeah. uh, like the there's a moment in time and I can kind of hear the chimed in music from the orchestra coming in and then the credits starting to play in the film. And, mm. and these, these cinematic moments, which, which are also defining moments, are these moments in time which it appears that something really bad has happened or you've made a decision which has had bad consequences, right, if one outside judges it. But in, in my life, they've actually been the things that I look back to as like that has shaped me to who I've become. And, yeah. and I actually cherish those moments um, and, and I use them as anchors for everything I do going forward. Yeah. yeah. And, That's and, cool. I'd say, and I'd say without those moments, I, w- I couldn't do the work I do now because i would base it on some abstract idea instead of the lesson that i learned it's almost like the the worse the lesson is the more valuable it is to me going forward <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> cuz now i'm like not that like not you yeah. know in fact when i go into work nowadays it's an interesting cuz when i when when they ask me to pitch why they'd want to work with me i'll never say it's because of any success It'll mm-hmm. always be because I've fucked so many things up in my life, I know really well that what doesn't work. like that's I, what, so I can tell you what doesn't work. What does work changes so often that we can to figure that out together, but I can really help you with what I know doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And those, those are
1: lessons learned.:
0: Yeah, those are the defining moments you're talking about, which again becomes your life story and why you're here now helping other people through your uh, your journey, which is really beautiful. Yeah. The word shame seems to be the strongest word that comes up with me as an emotion. Mm. And I would wonder, like, when that came up at the time when you started feeling it, which I'm sure reinforced itself, whenever there's an emotion, we can't kind of make peace within ourselves, it gets worse. At least Mm -hmm. that's how I found. So how did that show up in your life in those years where you're cheating all the time, feeling shame? Like, how did it manifest?
1: Um, It manifested in the, um, when I would meet the second guy, he'd be like, so what did you do this morning? I would feel shame because I was actually with the other guy, you know? Mm. Oh, um, what are you going to do this weekend? Who are you going to go on vacation with? Um, have fun with your mom tonight. (sighs) Oh, and also with friends, like, you know, they would say, so how are you doing? What have you been up to? My friends would, my friends would know, but the friends of the, of the guys, that was always like a, a mixed story. That was a lot of shame there as well, you know? Mm. So I guess in the, in the, the, in the questions where I, my behavior gets, got exposed this is when I would really feel a lot of shame. So it was, was trying to avoid those subjects Um mm. because you know, that was like the moment, okay, this can actually turn out really bad if, if they keep on continuing asking questions. Mm. Yeah. But also to myself, I was ashamed of who I was, you know, I was like, who am I even like, what, who do I like? You know, I I didn't you know I was ashamed primarily to myself it was like almost like a background feeling it was always there um so
0: I guess that's that's how it it showed up for me it's funny when I asked you the question I had a different thought in mind I was thinking physically like how oh, it manifested physics. or how, Man- there, oh. like, like, like <laughs> oh, were there sorry. things where there no, no, it's fine. It, it was more interesting <laughs> I, I, I to like, answer. I liked your answer. It was more interesting to answer. actually <laughs> I was like, oh, it was a great question. I didn't ask, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was wondering if there yeah. were, you physically experienced. Oh, well, I can, life.
1: I can tell you, well, you know, I said like one of those defining moments that changed my, my, my uh, cheating pattern. Oh, that was, I think, most excruciating pain I've ever experienced. We could go into that. I'm not sure if, if this is the time to talk about like the the change of to. the story. I'd love to. But uh, what happened was I was with uh, a, a man. He was like older than me, way older. But I was really like... I really respected him and I really loved him, but he lived abroad and we would meet up in different countries. Um, And when I would have to go back home, I would cheat like with another guy, Um, but I wouldn't tell him about it because I really valued the relationship so much, but something was off. I thought he was way older, you know, something was off. Anyway, like one time, we were in a hotel, um, and he was like, So, how was Holland when you were back? I was like, Good, he's like, You know, I can feel it. I said, What? He said, I know there is someone else, and you know, he could not know it, but he was so sensitive, he knew like, mm-hmm. he didn't see any message or nothing, but he just knew about my body language, he knew me well enough to say, I know, and then he said, Um, I don't. Um, I don't accept this. You have to make up your mind. Mm. And then he turned around and he ignored me. And what happened was physically, you know how you can purge? I've heard that term with ayahuasca. I've never done ayahuasca, but I always thought that was like something that, you know, from a substance, you kind of puke everything out. But mm. I actually purged for hours. I i didn't drink anything or eat any, like. All the emotion and stress, I just went to the toilet and everything came out. All the, all the pain, excruciating pain, everything went out of me. And I was like, where is this coming from? I didn't even eat. And it just kept on going and going and going. I was crying, 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 trying to get comfort from him. But he was such a advanced, like emotionally advanced guy. I've never met anybody in my whole life. I don't think I ever will. That was so emotionally advanced as he was. He kept on ignoring me. And, you know, until my process was over. And then the next morning, he actually had the most vulnerable talk with me ever. And, you know, he was Spanish, so he was writing it down in Spanish. I, knew, I know a little bit of Spanish, but the, the story was, like, too too deep for me to understand. So I would translate it in Google Translate. But he would say, like, I know where you are, and I'm not blaming you for your, your inner battle. Um, I used to have a wife, and I have a kid. Like, um, I know how it can be, and no matter if we stay together or not... I need you to become honest to yourself. I need you to heal this for yourself because I love you so much. It transcends time. It transcends space. I don't care if life will keep us together or not, but I love you so much that I know you have the capacity to heal this. It's time for you to become honest. And it was like such a deep conversation because he kind of went away from me, like you know the the me being with him in a relationship as being a factor of uh how he was treating me he was actually looking at me as a person and recognizing the pain and i felt so safe in that um and i wanted to heal it because of it later on there was this moment where i could decide to go to his country and live with him for the rest of my life because he lives in, in a country where it's very hard to get visa and bullshit, all of that. Or I could stay in Holland and redefine who I am. And so that's what I did. I stayed in Holland. It was the hardest decision because I truly believed he loved me in a very special way. But um, I chose for a loyal life where I didn't have to hide anymore. And that was that defining moment. And I think everyone kind of needs that moment where they're being looked at and talked to in the most honest way possible. But they're not being comforted mm-hmm. until they learn the lesson, until they learn the lesson. Then it's like, come here, give me a hug. I love you. But until they learn the lesson, you just watch them kind of suffer Yeah, but then a spirit in a kind of a spirit like this is how you know I would think of ayahuasca is the same, right? They would let people suffer, (laughs) drink the thing, go like into your demons, learn the lesson, and then be like, Welcome, we love you. Mm -hmm. Like, after you have dig into yourself and you've looked at your biggest demons and you're still okay, I think this is. That was huge and to think that I was doing all the courses, I had like so many therapy sessions and stuff like that and I continued to have just because I always think it's good to uh, evolve as a person, but that was the one moment that changed everything for me. His presence, <laughs> not accepting my bullshit, but also not playing me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That was huge.
2: Selfless love
1: selfless love oh he was so big he was the person that everybody loved he was he was really special like to this day you know Mm. he's he's just a really good person
2: yeah that's clear when you came back to holland i i kind of see you like resetting your whole life when i when i came out of my drug addiction I had to say goodbye to a lot of people that kept me into the old, into the old behavior, and I had to discover who I was with new people. Like, how did that look for you?
1: Um, I met I met somebody new at that moment. Naturally, I don't know. It just kind of happened. So, you know, the funny thing is when I healed that pattern in me the people that always kind of wanted to flirt or even on the street, they disappeared. I don't know. It's as if they left the whole planet. It's, it was, it just wasn't existent anymore. And sometimes I would get tested. It would be like one in a once in a year yeah. where there would be like a flirtatious moment. And I would see it as a test. Like, can I actually stay with myself? Um But I don't know. I didn't, it, it wasn't, I didn't have to put any effort, Bambos. It just happened. When it healed in me, my whole surroundings changed. The people changed. Everything changed. It's crazy. I thought I was stuck forever until I healed that part in me. And then everything changed. It was a big miracle.
0: You know, I think that, that what you just spoke to, I talk about that a lot in my life. Is that people have no clue that how they are in the world attracts things? Yeah, and when it's they crazy. Are different yeah. that doesn't come any. And people always think that things happen this way because it's just the way that's outside of me. I'm not. A, I, I have no control over what's going on in mm-hmm. my life. But the humor is, is that the way we show up attracts a certain type of individual that. Doesn't show up if we don't show up that way anymore. Yeah. It repels others. So true. What? It repels yeah. others. Yeah. And it repels, because I mean, if I look at you and I think about the persona I've built in my head of the Pharaoh before and the Pharaoh after, the Pharaoh before, and I know this of myself because I know this of me, the younger version of me. I looked for women that needed fixing and healing. And then I would get together with them. And then I would become resentful of them for the exact reason that I was attracted <laughs> to them to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> cause they're not changing. You know, you're no. not, you know, no. I, I came together with you cause I was attracted to this softness, the weakness, the inability you had to say no, right. That same yeah. thing that they, they had as an inability yeah. was why I was attracted. And now I want you because I see other men interacting with you that know that of you as well. <laughs> and, and and I know yeah. you're attracting that. And now I'm like feeling like I have to protect you from the other guys. Cause I know those guys. Cause those guys are me.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> and Mabos so they and I all come together. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: But do you yeah. still feel like you need to fix your, your lady?
0: Fuck her. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. <laughs> I don't care. She doesn't read my books. She doesn't give a shit what I do. She just says, no, no just what? live your life. Andy, live your life. What? I'll live my life. And I feel loved, nurtured, and supported all the time. Seriously? Yeah. That
1: is huge. I would yeah. love, if I would ever publish a book, I would love my partner to read it. I'd be <laughs> like, that's true love. Yes. Yes. And now no. you're just like, oh, I don't care, whatever. I think it's the
0: opposite, actually. Wow. I think it feels That's more crazy. beautiful that she has no interest. And I say no. If she was talking to me, she'd feign that she doesn't have interest, but she's listening like this because she just doesn't want to be taught. So she'll yeah. listen in on a call to say, "How is he coaching this person? I'm going to take, 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 but I don't want to pre- I don't want to act like I'm really learning from you. Otherwise, you might get a full, a big head that I'm actually le- teaching you or something. Or right?
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Ronnie, if you're watching this,
0: it's all, it's all good. I mean, I think in a way, you know what it is and you said it and we've said it, I learned to love myself and I didn't need somebody else to love me. So now I was looking for a partner who I could share time and joy and laughter with. And the more similar we are, the more boring it is. I think just, just, you know, she gets to live her life and I get to live mine. And, And the love transcends our interest.
1: Wow, love transcends our interest. Yeah, it's beautiful. Gets gives me goosebumps. Yeah,
0: it was. If I talked about my mentor case, who mm-hmm. I moved to Amsterdam to work with him, and I really did not like this man. Like I just did not like him. I mean, even his taste in music was horrible. Like I had I feel, this, I feel
2: the same about like, your music.
0: I know <laughs> Boney M. Or I don't know what, but he was he was listening to some really horrendous tunes, and we shared values. And we shared something that was far greater than even personality, because his personality was kind of narcissistic. It was often Mm -hmm. about him. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. And there was something more than that that was just beautiful. And it was that beauty that connected us. Mm. Yeah. So we spent years working together, but we maybe only went out to dinner once a year, although we saw each other every day. It was quite, quite fascinating. So, yeah, love transcends interest for sure. Yeah, for me. Hmm.
1: Huh. Hmm. that's beautiful
0: there was another thing your boyfriend ex-boyfriend the Spanish one that I really found really beautiful you said selfless his act and and what selfless I, love selfless love and what I what I saw additional to that was that he actually was recognizing that you didn't betray him you betrayed yourself
1: oh yes hmm. That's so true. He he saw that he was like he transcended that. He was like this is not about me. This is you. Mm. Yeah, and I think that, that is huge. There was never. never blame with him. There was he was never pointing fingers. He was always this very calm, grounded presence. Yeah, mm. it it's amazing. You know, anyone that knows him is blessed to know him. Mm. I can say that. And you know, it's it, usually people when they talk about their exes, they're like, "Fuck them!" and "Who gives a shit?" Uh, I, I'm happy they're out of my life, and I'm actually yeah. like, "Bless this person. This is a this is an amazing human being." And anyone who knows him is blessed to know him.
2: Yeah, I, I, kind of, <laughs> I kind of use that as a if someone is talking like that about their ex, I, I already know that they're carrying whatever they're carrying and judging. From the ex, they're bringing into the new relationship. So that's always for me. Can I give uh, a hint to anyone
0: who might want to date you in the future, Bambos, on this show? No. Okay. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) If you want to date Bambos in the future. And I'm really curious what he's going to say. (laughs) Then do your best not to trash talk your last relationship. (laughs) That would be a... A hint for anyone out there, yeah,
2: or your yeah. parents, or your parents
0: <laughs> have comp. You know, and and it goes back to what you mentioned earlier, is and and I think that that's a moment in life which, when you when you touch that, mm-hmm. life changes, and it's it, the word that hits me is compassion. And you said it earlier on of having compassion for yourself and your own struggle, yeah. and, and and I see that if I have compassion for the partner I was with because we were both suffering, right? It's not just like I was suffering and they weren't. Then in some weird way, we've actually moved past this egoic state that there's good people and bad people and I was the good one and they were the bad one. So that is an aspect I think that also shows a degree of development, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, I think everyone has good and bad. It's just about what part do you choose to bring forth
0: you know, when when Bambus brought the story and said, let's do this, you know, there's these moments in, in my mind where you can't imagine the emotions that overcome me when I know you're allowing that space. So it's really, you know, this is not a Jerry Springer show where it's like, let's utilize another person's pain to make, uh, it's really like, how much space can we hold on a show, which is even uncomfortable for us? yeah. So, can uh,
1: imagine. Well, thank you guys yeah. for holding the space. Um, mm. I wish you many more vulnerable stories mm. <laughs> in your in your show. It's a wonderful chaos.